Hey everybody, welcome to the Cultivation Cast by Black Dog LED with Kevin and Noah. In this podcast series, we cover all things related to indoor cannabis cultivation. We continue to receive feedback from our listeners. Keep it coming. We'd like to hear what you want to listen to, what topics you want us to cover, any new emerging trends you want us to cover, things like that. If you have a good idea or something you really want us to cover, go ahead and send an email to podcast at Black Dog LED. Again, that's podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at blackdogled.com. Also, please note that you could hit us up through our phones, uh, 720-420-1209, or through our contact form on our website. So before further ado, let's get started. Today, we have a special guest. Not really an unknown guest to us. She's a little different in that she's been working with us longer than any of our employees. She's been working with us for about a decade now, and we're excited to have Amanda Herman joining us uh, joining us for the podcast. For those of you who don't know her as that, she also goes under the moniker Pepper. So you might know her as Amanda or Pepper. Either way, she's been a great person to work with for the years. And we thought, being that we just attended MJ Biz together, kind of the, it wraps up the end of the year, it'd be fun to have her on to talk about what we did over the year, talk about MJ Biz a, lit, a little bit, and kind of close down the year that way. So here we are with Amanda. Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. This is so fun. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Great to have you. Um, I think, you know, for this one, we're just going to keep it casual because we've all been working together so long. So... You know, we'll just kind of riff off different things, but why don't you start with the question? Do you have any questions queued up, things you could ask? Yeah, so um, MJ Biz was a lot of fun. This was our 10th year that we attended. Um, we've been doing it for a long time, and I've had the funnest times in Vegas with MJ Biz and you guys. And overall, I just wanted to talk about what did you see this year? What really stood out to you? Um, at the show, uh, you know, all the booths, we were in a cultivation pavilion. So we were in an area that was specifically for growers. So in that area, what did you see the most? Well, I think one thing that um, was very interesting this year, <clears throat> and it's been an ongoing trend, but when we first attended MJ BizCon in uh, Las Vegas, we were one of three LED grow light companies at the entire show. And we spent the entire show trying to convince people that yes, LEDs can grow plants and even more, LEDs can actually flower. No one believed that you could actually flower cannabis with LEDs back then. And uh, we went from more than 10 years ago having to convince people that, oh, LEDs can actually work and they can actually grow to now there were over 125 companies at the uh, MJ BizCon more than one in four in the cultivation pavilion are all selling LED grow lights. So definitely LED grow lights have finally caught on. Uh, took a lot of growers a very long time to be convinced that LEDs could actually work better than high pressure sodium. But um, I don't think I saw more than one high pressure sodium light even being offered at MJ BizCon. So another big trend that we're definitely noticing this year is a lot more LED grow light companies are now starting to incorporate this thing called ultraviolet in their spectrum, which of course we've been doing since we were founded in 2010. Uh, we've been telling people, yes, you need ultraviolet, you need infrared in your spectrum. And now there's a lot of LED grow light companies out there that are selling add-on ultraviolet infrared bars uh, that you can put in with their light to to start getting a more complete spectrum that they should have had all along. 
Um, unfortunately, these bars don't actually do very good at uh, <clears throat> either distributing that light spectrum evenly. You end up with one little strip that gets UV and infrared and the rest of your footprint, eh, not so much. Uh, the other problem is it's very difficult and most people don't have any idea. Most of these companies have no idea exactly how much UV they're putting out compared to the rest of their light. Um, so you can either get too much UV where you're actually harming the plants. Um, see a lot of that where companies are recommending, oh, you can only use this last two weeks of flower. Well, that's because they don't have their ratio of UV correct and they've got too much in there where it's actually damaging the plants. And so they're saying, oh, only use it the last two weeks of flower where you can't do that much damage to your plants, I guess. Uh, but that doesn't give you any of the benefits of UV all the way from veg through early flower, mid flower. Um, I mean, UV doesn't just increase terpenes and uh, cannabinoids. It also grows a healthier plant. It grows a more compact, more pest and disease resistant plant. It helps get rid of, uh, doesn't eliminate, but it helps suppress pathogens, bacteria, fungi, things like that. So why wouldn't you want to use UV the entire grow cycle? Well, that's an interesting question. One of the f funny, I'll call it funny or ironic things is, I can say for a fact that more than one of the companies in that show offering UV used to throw shade at us for oh. offering UV. So it is fun to see them come around and all you adding UV to your lights, welcome to the party. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw there's a new pro light being announced by one of our competitors. Uh, now, the what makes it pro is they're adding ultraviolet and infrared. So, so you're saying we've been pro this whole time? Uh, we've been selling pro lights since 2010. There you go. I'm glad we're pro now. That's nice. We're definitely yeah. the pros and not the bros. <laughs> <laughs> Grow with the pros, not the bros. It's the way to go. Good point. Uh, so, yeah, that is definitely a huge trend is not only the increase of LED companies that we're seeing out there, just so many of them. Um, again, part of the challenge there, though, is telling them apart can be hard because, heck, probably a third of them are manufactured in the same factories in China, that kind of thing. So that's a little hard to tell them apart. There are some outliers such as us. And so that's a big trend is the increase. And then, as Kevin said, also more and more companies trying to get into the UV and far red and let's say more targeted spectrum game that we've been doing all along. So it is good to see them coming around to the science instead of just the uh, buying the cheap white LEDs for sure. And it's also interesting what you said about the two weeks thing. I'm curious, is there any benefit at that point even putting a putting the plant under the UV for the last two weeks? Well, it is going to stress the plant and cause it to grow um, higher terpene contents. It'll probably grow more anthocyanin, that purple pigmentation that um, you see towards the end of flower. So yes, you can get some benefits from it. Uh, but you're not you're missing out on all the, the benefits for the rest of the life cycle. Um, in addition, because the plant has never been exposed to UV before, and then the last two weeks of its life, you're suddenly giving it more UV than it probably should have. Um, it's kind of the equivalent of uh, you staying inside all winter and not going out in the sun and then going on a beach trip to Aruba. Um, it's very hard on the plant and probably actually decreases the quality a little bit compared to if the plant had just been getting an appropriate dose of UV all along. So it was ready and already, quote unquote, had its tan on. So if you're in the natural products world, uh, I used to be in there and what they would have called that is 
if you're giving ours, it'd be more of a physiological dose, right? right? Throughout the whole lifetime, you're just giving it what it wants as part of life versus trying to get it all in in a short period of time, which is not a physiological dose. You're, you're loading. So that would be kind of the equivalent there a little bit. Right. And you're going to stress the plant out. You're actually going to cause damage to the plant. Typically, you're not bulking up too much the last couple of weeks of flower, but you still are bulking up and it can definitely hinder that uh, yeah. because you're stressing the plant a little too much. Yeah, and the people that get a really good fade on, like our, our buddy Michelle, Miss Rad Reefer, you know, that do those amazing fades, that would be at the end. And I bet it would help them a little bit on the fade at the end because that's when it's occurring. But like you said, the bulking up is pretty much done at that point. So you're not going to affect quality too, too much. Um, yeah. But so the, I think the answer there, man, is yeah, it sounds like Kevin's saying there, there would be some benefit. It's going to be limited, though, if it's the last two weeks. Yeah, it, it seems like a lot of growers are always trying to change things and do things too quickly and they're not giving the plant enough time to actually see what's going on or they'll change four things and then it turns around and they're really happy about that result but they don't actually know what they did so what do you think is the number one most common problem with beginner growers yeah um i think the biggest problem is trying to change too many things at one time um and not appreciating that plants don't live life at the same speed that we do. So I've seen a lot of growers, talked with a lot of growers who, you know, their plant was looking a little yellow. So yesterday they hit it with some more nitrogen and then today it's still not looking deep green. So they put more nitrogen on it, which people don't understand that, okay, just because you fed your plant something yesterday, it probably isn't going to change anything in how the plant looks today. Um, it's going to take several days at, at least to show up. And so when people don't get the results that they're expecting right away, then they might add more nitrogen and more nitrogen. And by the time the plant actually starts showing, by the time it actually can absorb that and, and starts showing the, the change, they may have poisoned it with too much nitrogen because they were impatient. So I think a lot of it is impatience and also loving their plants to death, worrying about their plant a little too much, trying to get the humidity perfect all the time or the temperature perfect all the time and not recognizing what that's doing to the rest of the environment and just understanding that you don't always need to baby your plants. And um, I mean, it's important to treat your plants well, but you don't want to give them so much love that you smother them. So, but Kevin, as somebody that's been growing plants since they were three years old, would you say that's also the benefit to new growers? The first part about learning how to slow down, a little zen, right? This is maybe why they always say gardening is such a great hobby. And Amanda, you can speak to this too. It's a big hobby of yours is growing plants teaches you to slow down and maybe get a little more zen versus go, go, go. As Kevin said, like humans like to tend to do these days, you know, it's that, hey, you can't move everything that fast. You got to step back, let it run its course a little bit. So maybe that, while it's maybe the drawback to begin a grower, maybe it's the, uh, the benefit as well. Absolutely. And I mean, I've been growing plants indoors under artificial light now for over 40 years. Um, there's not a week that goes by that I don't learn something new. That's part of what makes gardening and growing plants interesting and exciting for me because it's a constant ongoing learning process. But it definitely does teach you, um, at least if you successfully learn from it, it, it teaches you to have a little bit more patience and, and look at things in the longer term. 
Mm-hmm. Can't always expect instant gratification. But what that old, uh, is it old Chinese or Japanese proverb about it's the best time to plant a fruit tree, what, 30 years ago? Yeah. Second best time is today. So, yeah. Patience, foresight. Yeah. Patience, yeah. I was listening to a speech recently, and they were talking about how cannabis is one of the hardest things because the, the trends come and go. And you can have a trend, like right now at MJ Biz, all we heard about was permanent marker. It won all these awards. Everyone's talking about permanent marker right now. But the people that knew about Permanent Marker have been growing it for the last year, and now everyone's going to try to get their hands on it, and they're not going to see buds or, you know, anything smokable for another five months at least, bare minimum, six, you know, four months, bare, bare minimum. So I feel like patience is huge with cannabis because it takes, you know, a long time to flower. It's not instant. <laughs> and yet, compared to something like an apple tree, it's actually incredibly fast growing. So, yeah, um, cannabis is one of the the uh, faster growing plants, crop plants that is commonly grown, but still seems like it takes a long time sometimes. When you're waiting for the trends, when people want stuff immediately, you know, they wanted it yesterday and now I have this seed. Okay, well give me eight months and then I'll give you something really cool. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you when you're waiting for that bud to finish ripening up and getting its colors on, it does seem like it can take an eternity sometimes to get that stuff ready to come off the plant. So we've, oh, all, we've all been there waiting. It's like watching a pot of water boil. It just takes forever. Um, so overall, kind of tell me what about 2023, you know, what has Black Dog done and what are you guys excited for for next year? Big year, right? I mean, uh, yeah. a lot. We've been kind of um, doing a lot behind the scenes and rejigging a lot. I mean, First things first, everyone knows us for our lights. You know, we should talk about alien hydroponics, but because there's a lot there. But I think, you know, people watch this and know us because of our lights. So the big news is Phytomax 4, right, Kevin? So yeah. And what's going on there? So Phytomax 4 is not very different from Phytomax 3. Um, they made some changes in the safety certifications, the UL standards for safety. Um, for a very long time now, we have not had any glass or protective lens in front of our LEDs because anytime you do have a protective glass lens or plastic lens in front of your LEDs, it's going to be blocking some of the light. So for a very long time, we uh, paid for extremely high-end LEDs that actually had a glass lens on the LED itself so that they were environmentally protected and mechanically stable and you could touch the LEDs without breaking them and without shocking yourself. Um, Unfortunately, that also became a trend with a lot of our competitors as well. They stopped putting glass or plastic in front of their LEDs, but they didn't necessarily take as much caution or care or precautions to ensure that people couldn't uh, shock themselves and UL started noticing this started getting problems with people shocking themselves on bare LEDs on grow lights. And so they changed the standard and basically eliminated that. You can't do that anymore. Have to be behind a, a some sort of protective uh, lens, whether it's glass or plastic. So the big difference between Phytomax 3 and Phytomax 4 is we had to put a piece of glass in front of our LEDs. It is a special glass. We use a high transmissivity glass that transmits over 99.5% of the light that uh, goes through it manages to make it through to the other side. Where normal glass, normal window glass actually lands somewhere in the 80 to 85% range. So we're blocking 30 times less light with our special glass lens. 
Um, it's actually kind of interesting when you see the light in person because it's hard to see the glass. It's so anti-reflective that you can't really easily see a reflection in the glass and it's hard to see it at all. Uh, I'm not going to other... lie. The first time I saw it at the trade show, when I went to go touch it, I felt like a bird. I hit it because I felt like a bird hitting a window. I didn't see it. Yep. I didn't tell you guys that, but I was like, oh, okay. But now that you mentioned it, yes, that is true. Yeah, no, it's, it's incredibly clear glass. But the other exciting thing with Fighter Max 4, um, mentioned earlier, we've been putting out the, the more complete spectrum, including ultraviolet and infrared, since we got started here in 2010. Um, so we've been championing that for a very long time. The problem is ultraviolet and, um, to a lesser extent, infrared LEDs are way more expensive than the white LEDs everyone else has just been using up to this point. But with Phytomax 4, we're finally able to get our lights down at a price point where they really are competitive with any other quality light on the market. So you get a premium spectrum for the same price, get the same uh, premium black dog LED quality that we're known for, uh, both in our light build as well as how we grow with the lights, uh, but at a price that you could get a standard white and red LED grow light for. So. I mean, that's very be, exciting. Yeah, the price and the glass, that's that's really interesting. What about power? So also increased the power. Our largest light now, the 24S, is 1,500 watts. It is basically too much light for almost any home grower out there. Um, not only is it going to cover at least a 5.5 by 5.5 foot area, if you're not supplementing CO2, which is kind of hard in a, a house, but it will not run on a standard 15 amp, 120 volt household circuit. So um, definitely more of a commercial option for that light. But we have six other smaller lights uh, ranging from 125 up to 1250 watts, 250 watt increments in between. So we really do have whatever uh, situation you have in terms of your growing area, we can get the right light for you. Gotcha. And I'd like to do a quick cut and say, hey, let's all geek out. We know Kevin and I like the geek stuff. So let's geek out for a quick moment on the first part Kevin spoke about, because if you're tuning into this and you'd like to geek out on stuff like we do, let's talk real quickly, because we don't do it much about the UL. What is the, a lot of people don't realize that when we started doing lights back in the early shows, there was just a lighting standard for a big fixture that you could put in a warehouse or anywhere. There was no grow light standard. Now there is, correct? Can you speak a little bit to that? Yes. So to get in the weeds, um, there's a couple of different standards, well, lots and lots of different UL safety standards, but uh, UL 1598 is the standard luminaire uh, for anything that you would have in a house or a commercial facility. A luminaire is just a fancy word for a light, yes. just to be clear. Yes, so a, a light fixture. Um, so UL 1598 covers that. Uh, but they recognize that grow lights are a little bit of a unique case because they may have spectrum inside of them, for example, that you wouldn't normally put in a, a household light. If I'm designing a light for my bathroom, I don't care if it has ultraviolet or infrared in it, and I'd actually probably prefer if it didn't since I can't see it and I'm paying electricity to make it, so no point in, in having it in there. But uh, UL came up with a new standard called UL 8800, which is for grow lights, um, specifically LED grow lights. So there's some additional tests in there in terms of uh, 
suitability for use in a growing environment. So some more water related uh, testing and um, impact testing, as well as warnings about uh, spectrum. If you're putting, because grow lights are in general designed to be incredibly bright as well and much brighter than any fixture you would normally put in a household. So uh, there's potential there for eye damage uh, more so than you would get from your kitchen light, for example. So ULA 8800 covers that stuff as well. Okay, so interesting. So like things like the new lens and all that, mm -hmm. um, and all of the new Phytomax 4 are certified under the new standard, the 8800, right? Yes. All, all seven of them. Yep. In both U.S. and Canada, so good to good to know. So okay, back to our regularly scheduled program of non geeking out. Just thought it'd be interesting. I, I, the U.L. stuff is interesting, and it, it does speak to safety standards, and we do like to promote safety amongst the fun of our grows. So yeah. Oh yeah, there's definitely been some grows that I've walked into recently that I'm like stepping over extension cords, and I'm like almost seeing sparks. I'm like, I don't think that's cool. So. <laughs> you'll stand in a puddle of water and see how that works for you so yeah, yeah. like while they're mixing nutrients pretty much <laughs> like, oh. oh high salt water even better even better nice. smoking okay. doing it as well yeah <laughs> what else do you have amanda um overall i just have learned so much from you guys over the years between growing and plants and everything and kevin all of the plants that you've given me over the years i would say i've killed probably all of them except for a few at this point but i've definitely enjoyed learning from them i would say for black dog and alien hydroponic what's coming up for 2024 well yeah it's a good point we got done talking about the lights and as far as the alien system goes those that had the opportunity to come to our booth and actually spend time at MJ Biz got to see the very first time the V system was shown in North America in person and even live with water in it so they could really see how cool it was and actually see visually some of the benefits of it. Um, we don't have time nor is the purpose we'll do some dedicated uh, hydroponics alien system podcast in the future to talk about the technical benefits of it. But basically we brought on a line of alien hydroponics systems. They've got five, it's based out of the UK. Really nice systems, all of them. The only one we've brought into the US so far just recently is the V system, kind of their premier system, certainly the most commercial system. It is not geared towards, towards home. Can you grow at home with it? Heck yeah, if you want to grow some serious flower, but you better have some real space to do it because it grows monsters. Uh, one of the largest installs in North America right now, he's up in Montana, and he's hitting over two and a half pounds per plant on average. That is hella impressive, okay? That is a crazy per plant. Indoors, this is all indoors. So the Alien V system is really cool, and I recommend anybody that's interested in hydroponics or deep water culture specifically to check it out. It's the one we have here. We will add the other four systems in 2024 to kind of get to your question, Amanda. That is one of our big things. We want to get the rest of the systems in, um, bring them in, get them figured out so we can properly fulfill and support them. We don't just throw products on the market as some companies do. We bring them in, we spend time with it, make sure we know how to support it, make sure we know how to build it. I mean, I don't want to tell you how many times Kevin put together and took apart V-Systems till he was confident he had it figured out. So it's really making sure we can support it. And now that we're real comfortable with the V-System and have installs and people are 
really starting to crush it with it out there. And then we will bring in the other remaining four systems for Alien. And we're really excited to because they're not strictly or they're not really designed as commercially in that you could run the other systems in your house. And some of them are even very affordable, very approachable systems for people that don't want to sink thousands of dollars into a growth setup. They get into some of these for literally a couple hundred bucks. So it's really going to give us a night's breadth from really nice, inexpensive offerings that you don't have to break the bank or up to what we would argue is the best hydroponic system right now in the U.S. with some amazing benefits and some really cool stuff that the gentleman that created it came up with, I would say. I mean, what would you say about that, Kevin, the V-System and what we're bringing in? Yeah, so the V-System, as Noah mentioned, is designed to grow giant trees. <laughs> um, and the complaint we've heard from commercial customers using it is they still seem to be vegging too long. Apparently seven days um, in the V system is potentially too long a veg cycle because the plants get too large too quickly. So really is designed to grow giant plants, whereas the other alien hydroponic systems that we should have in early next year are more appropriately sized for growing plants at home that aren't necessarily five and six feet across each plant. <laughs> yeah, monsters. So that's really, I'd say, man, to answer your question is, getting the rest of those systems in and getting them out there and educating people on the benefits of each system and comparing them because they're different systems. There's advantages and disadvantages to every grow system we've all used, hydroponic or not. Um, so getting people educated, bringing those in, getting them documented for people. And then, of course, in addition to that, continue to expand our lighting um, offerings. We've got, you know, Phytomax 4 we're incredibly happy with, pretty darn new to market, so we won't necessarily come over and launch a new Phytomax 5 anytime early next year, but we have other things that we want to add to our ecosystem of lighting, if you will, and so we'll be launching those in 2024. So definitely keep an eye on us. Uh, subscribe to our newsletter. That's a great way to make sure you're staying abreast of the information. Of course, follow us on all our social media. I mean, that's where we hit fast and hard because Got a lot of followers and they want to know what's going on. So we will keep those channels up to date, thanks to Amanda. So, um, so yeah, that's 2024. I think we'll be getting those alien systems out and rounding out our lighting offerings in a way that we feel is beneficial to our customers. So anything you'd add to that at all? No. I think that covers a lot of it, yeah. Uh, the only other new thing we have mentioned is, um, you know, we, we've offered different dimmers uh, to our systems for a while. We've been dimmable since Phytomax 3. Phytomax 2 and prior was not dimmable. Um, and we've now got a really great offering. If you haven't checked out Grow Flux, it's a really nice, again, so the home grower, probably not super appropriate because it's a rather expensive uh, system if you're just growing with one light, but if it scales really well to large commercial grows. And that's kind of what we're offering now. We're working closer with them on the dimming side of things. If you have a commercial installation and you want really good wireless mesh networking dimming across all of your lights, and they offer stuff for greenhouses for real-time dimming uh, DLI, PPFD management for cloud cover and things like that that's really slick. So that's the other thing we've added recently is a really good partner on the dimming side to work with us. But, of course, we're 0 to 10 volt standard dimming, so just about any system will work with us off the shelf. Nice. Yeah, I was going to touch on the like and subscribe stuff just because like there's so much information that we've put out over the years. And when I say like so much information, I don't mean like three or four reels. Like I'm talking about podcasts, videos, like 45 minute long videos on how to set up tents, how to do certain things, mix nutrients. If you really are a beginner grower, there's such a resource of I don't even know what I'm doing. How do I start? And even just to watch through them, if you don't have any interest in 
you know, running commercial grows or just running at home, like that kind of stuff. I feel like the, all the information that's out there is really fun to watch and very informative between like the podcast that the two of you guys do, which we're on right now, we're going to be having more guests come on throughout the year as well. If you guys have guests that you want us to bring on, please send us an email feedback. We love it. If you have a series that you want to see more Kevin's corners, if you want Kevin to really deep dive into anything specific, we all know at this point, Kevin can go into the most, he can be talking to NASA scientists at this point, like, you know, so he can definitely break it down and give really good information out there. And then on our Instagram, you know, we do have great things going on there, reels, if we're ever doing giveaways or anything like that, we announce it. So please make sure that you're following us on all of those platforms. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's going to be a lot of fun to disseminate more and more of this information. And, you know, whether, as Amanda said, whether you're a beginner grower, we love working with beginner growers. And then we love our scientists too. We work with a number of universities, have our lights in them. Um, one of the most recent is um, there's a USDA trial going on for growing sugarcane and sugarcane, and Kevin could speak more to this. You don't grow sugarcane indoors normally, but if you're trying to figure out how to be more productive with sugarcane, they need to do it in a controlled environment. So growing sugarcane, which requires a lot of light intensity indoors is not normally done, but the USDA is using our lights to grow sugarcane even indoors uh, down south. So there's we do love and we work with everything from beginners who have never grown or killed a plant in their life which you will kill some if you grow plants all the way up to the literally the scientists studying plants around uh, the united states we work with all of them so it's been a lot of fun and, and those both are equally interesting for different reasons so we we learn a lot even from beginner growers so it's it's definitely a lot of fun one of my favorite sayings was gardeners kill hundreds of plants but master gardeners kill thousands yeah, so true. I would say Kevin's killed more plants than most people have grown. So there you go. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so and that's not a bad thing. So yeah, yeah. Well, it was fun catching up and kind of just doing a year wrap. Um, we are going to be at the 2024 MJ Biz. So, you know, look for us there. We're going to have a lot of fun, awesome activations going on for that. And I honestly will say it was so cool seeing the V system running for the first time because it really stopped people in their tracks. It stopped a lot of people in their tracks. They were very excited to see it. So I think that's going to be a really cool avenue to go through next year as well. That's a great point, Amanda. Not only are we at MJ Biz, but we will be doing more of the trade, local trade shows we love to do. That's where we get to interact. As you know, having done a lot of them with us, Amanda, with those actual growers, we always say we like to go to all the shows, but the shows where there's more dirt under the fingernails than ties on the necks, that's kind of what we prefer talking and working directly with growers because that's where we kind of like to live and play. So we'll be doing a lot more local shows. And as Amanda said, if you want to see the V system in person, keep an eye on your local shows. We'll, we'll be attending a bunch of them and you'll have a chance to see it in person there. And it's even if you don't grow that way, uh, it is really cool to check out and just understand how it works and what it can do. And you can even take some lessons home from it. So yeah, good point on the trade shows. Yeah, I was going to say sign up for the newsletter um, for Black Dog because we always send out a newsletter once we know what trade show we're going to. We send it out to everybody. So if you're in that area or you want to be in that area, you can definitely, you know, jump on. And fun fact, too, if you're ever in the area for a trade show and you're like, oh, I don't know if I can afford a ticket or this or that, please feel free to contact us. We will do what we can to get you a pass to get you in there. Yeah, yeah. Anyone that wants to see should be able to get into these and learn. So but thanks so much for taking the time, Amanda, to join us today. It's been really awesome to catch up and have you here and especially review MJ Biz, which was a lot of fun and very interesting. You made some good connections there. It was, it was really fun. And, and some of the people you introduced us to. So, and for all of you listeners out there, 
Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And again, keep those suggestions coming. All the ones Amanda mentioned, such as who we could interview, who we have on that you want to see that you're interested in. And any questions or specific topics you want us to cover, because we'll continue to do some without interviewees so that we, Kevin and I can just kind of kick around topics. And again, we will continue the other formats where Kevin can go down the rabbit hole on some of these really interesting topics. So again, if you want to send them directly via email, it's podcast at blackdogled.com or call us or hit us up through the contact form on our website. But thanks for joining us and uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Take care. Bye guys.